This episode of the Event Industry News Podcast is sponsored by Evolution Dome, award-winning temporary inflatable event structures. Take a look at their structures at evolutiondome.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you join today's podcast from. We're going to be talking about uh, the subject of scaling, uh, scaling our events and specifically scaling our events with event tech and using event tech. Um, so many wonderful sort of uh, uh, opportunities, platforms, types of tech available and at our disposal now as event organizers. And um, certainly from a scalability point of view, often allows us to, to, to in increase the size and the scale of our events with without um, some of the hassles, I suppose, that we may have had 10, 15 years ago, if people remember back that far. Um, I'm delighted to say that my guest today is a name that will be extremely familiar with anybody that works in and around the tech sector um, and uh, is somebody with significant experience of this subject. Um, he now runs his own business, uh, Allenby Advisory. I'm delighted to say that joining the Event Industry News podcast today is Aid Allenby. Welcome to the podcast, Aid. Hello, James. Nice to be here. Excellent. And we, we were just talking off air about all sorts of stuff, non-tech related, like glorious weather and stuff. So for, for our sort of international listeners who tune into this regularly, it's once again a glorious day for most of us in the UK, which I know from feedback that we've had is um, is news that, that people sometimes fail to comprehend internationally who always think it's it's raining and miserable in this part of uh in this part of the world aid but yeah I can certainly uh, attest to the fact that I'm looking out my window at the moment on another glorious UK day that's right and uh, yeah forgive me I'm wearing my father's day t-shirt incroyable con ma fille to uh, celebrate uh, my daughter and uh, and and being in France last week Excellent. Yes. Uh, again, the subject of, of off-air discussions is often the, the case <laughs> on this podcast. But yeah, uh, uh, Aid, you're somebody who's spent a significant amount of time in and around various different tech platforms, um, which is where a lot of people will know your name from in the event tech industry, now working for yourself. So very much in a position to be able to look, I suppose, objectively at how over the last, uh, I'm going to say decade to, to start with, because certainly I've seen, you know, since since my work began with event tech live and that was born out of this sort of growing trend towards event tech and it becoming its own sector to the sort of behemoth in some respects that it is today as a as a, as a sector in its own right um when we talk about how technology has evolved over the years you, i guess off the top of your head what, what would you say are the sort of the most significant advances that we've seen in how we can use it to scale our events well i think the, the changes has been that event tech originally sat kind of on, on the fringes of the experience. So that was what how uh, you deploy your directories and your schedules and you make them available digitally. Um, and now more and more we're seeing the ability to uh, collect and, and use behavioral data from, from the show floor. So I think what we're seeing now is tools that help people to engage help people to connect and also generate data, help us better understand the audience and what's providing value. Mm. When I look at how we we scale and, and, and improve and, and increase how much we understand from our events now, something that I was talking about um, on a recent episode of the podcast with the, with the, the design team from IMEX, who um, uh, uh, unveiled a significant, you know, complete overhaul and rebrand of the IMX brand um, uh, uh, in Frankfurt this year. And they'd actually used 
technology. They'd used a, a facial analysis platform in order to um, monitor the reactions of people who were walking through the show floor for the first time and seeing the new brand for the first time. Um, and I look at little, uh, and what that, that highlighted to me is how great some of this technology is now, but how easily deployable it is. And I think that's one of the key sort of um, developments in the last few years is, is how some of this actual tech on the, on a show floor, for example, has become really easily deployable. Yeah, that's that's right. So, you know, cam cameras are probably one of the easiest things to to locate and can capture a lot of data and now can capture not only counts of people passing a certain place, but sentiment, uh, even down to demographic about age group and um, uh, and gender. So you can easily get samples of data from different places and compare them to each other to, to see how the event is performing. Um, there are then other technologies that are getting simpler to, to deploy. So um, like, for instance, uh, Bluetooth technologies, which are used to help navigate on the show floor and to uh, understand like tracking people around the show floor. Uh, used to have to do a lot of work fingerprinting it, to actually help the Bluetooth network to, uh, understand where you are on the show floor. And now that can all be done algorithmically. So, you know, there's advances to get some of this more high-end uh, tech onto the show floor, make it easier to deploy, which means that in the tight timescales that you've got to set it up, uh, it's more achievable. Mm. And And certainly I see it creeping into... I suppose what you may say are more sort of traditional um, elements of the supply chain on the show floor. Um, when I think to uh, Event Tech Live um, in Las Vegas, we worked with a great supplier over there for the first time that had these really nice sort of vertical um, display screens, digital display screens that we could all, all sorts of nice stuff on. And one of the elements there was that you could, you know, touch any given one of these these, these um, units around the show floor and that unit knew where it was so it could then offer you a map route to an exhibitor or to a particular stage or particular area of the show that you might want to find you you'd touch it and it would draw you a map because they were able to configure each unit quite easily in terms of showing how uh, where it was on the show floor and it, it I suppose that that element there is, is is maybe not particularly complicated or complex, but to a traditional supplier like an AV supplier, I'm seeing more and more that they're able to incorporate elements of event technology into some of the more traditional offerings, if that makes sense. Yeah, and th this is one of the topics that I wanted to touch on with respect to uh, using technology to scale. Uh, it's, it's very important to, uh, to, to use the Pema Chodron term start where you are and you know where you are in terms of the customer experience and, and why people come to your event and so you've got to understand well what is the next thing you know what's going to help them do that better mm -hmm. because year on year you're building the engagement with what you're providing and then you're looking for opportunities because everybody wants to you know everybody wants to make sure that they're uh, their clients their exhibitors their attendees get value for money but, um, you know, if, if you're a relatively small event, uh, it's going to be more cost effective for you to have really good, a really good interactive floor plan, a really good directory, things like messaging to exhibitors rather than a meetings platform. Because, you know, the, the, the data suggests that um, once you 
uh, if you just put a meetings platform in place, you're going to get a lot of exhibitors who are sending invites and not getting a lot of return on that because the people expect to be able to get around the hall. They expect to be able to get around the floor, but it's helping them get around in the most efficient way and search for what they want and making the floor plan searchable, making the directory searchable, even things like uh, when you click on the theatre, it shows you what's on in that theatre. Having yeah. that kind of ecosystem of of tools that are really geared around why people are there. Um, and then as you build out, you say, right, OK, there's, there's, we've now got to a scale where if people don't pre-book meetings, then they might be disappointed and we want to make sure. We want to have a specific networking uh, activity going on or speed networking or something like that, where, we, you know, that's going to be a concentrated thing because we we think... That, you know that's it's now time to to include that in your value proposition mm. and and you raise an interesting point there in terms of yes we can use event tech to scale and, and increase and, and improve our events but similarly we've got to be careful when we consider what we're deploying that it doesn't actually uh work in the opposite direction so when you, you mentioned there about event platforms you know uh, events or meetings platforms um great when they work you know, they work really, really well and they work for certain types of shows. But like you said, if, it, if it's a smaller event where people feel that they can get around the show floor, you know, don't, don't just deploy something because you think, oh, right, that ticks a box, if that makes sense. Mm. I think sometimes we could be guilty of getting caught in trends and we have to sometimes just take a step back and think, well, is that trend necessarily suitable for my event? Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, so I was uh, head of innovation at um, Reed Exhibitions for, for uh, seven and a half years. And, now, one of the things, the questions that came up time and time again is, you know, to what extent do we need a meetings platform? To what, to what extent do we need an app? And it is, you know, it, it is based on whether people will use it or not. And it's your, you know, your understanding of if you've got a lot of, uh, if you've got a lot of buyers coming in who are intending to spend one day and they want to fill, you know, a meeting schedule, but, you know, that's, You've got, to, you've got to balance that against, say, for instance, offering just the ability to send messages, which mm -hmm. is easier in terms of the technology and less cumbersome in terms of, of, of setup. Um, and yet I message a, an exhibitor, say, do you offer this product or do you serve this market? I do. Right. I'll come and see you. you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and understanding how that can grease the wheels, uh, you know, in those circumstances, as well as booking a meeting could. Mm. And, and you open up another avenue of conversation there about adoption and and being very, very careful to to look at your uh, attendees and to look at your exhibitors and, you know, on a on a case by case basis, identify whether or not they are savvy enough. And I mean this in the nicest way, but are they a savvy enough audience to adopt some of the technology that you might want to deploy? Do you have to maybe look at a time scale where you may roll certain things out over a couple of shows rather than pushing a load of stuff out at once? Because, you know, I, I'm fortunate that, that with Event Tech Live, for example, I, I know that I'm working with an audience of people who are walking through the door who fundamentally have an understanding of technology and will be able to, to probably access it quite easily as will the exhibitors. If I was working on a completely different trade show with a completely different audience and, and set of exhibitors, they may not have the ability to, to, to maybe access some of that straight away. Yeah. And what, um, what some of the smaller events are doing is, you know, these, these tend to be kind of the smaller conference and meetings events. Um, they're doing 
um, meeting matching or, or arranging meetings on behalf of VIPs and sponsors. Um, and they're often doing that by, uh, you know, by spreadsheets and lists mm. uh, and, and manual reaching out. And there's an opportunity there for those uh, those events to use a platform just to help them do that task initially but mm. then potentially to to open it out so you're kind of taking it from the other direction so rather than just kind of putting a meeting platform in and hoping people will use it you're building up a level of of usage of the meetings platform and using it as the place where people go to see who you know when their meetings are and then allowing them to arrange ad hoc meetings on top of that so that that's you know, uh, uh, another way to think about how it can add value. Mm. Measuring the success of an event is something that, if you forget event technology, is something that we've been trying to do for for decades in the events industry. Before we had sort of data and analytical tools available for us, you know, there was always this sort of, you know, question after how successful was it and that 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 to me has been a bit of a bit of a minefield for for organizers and events people that i've spoken to because in some respects there are so many options to them now that, that they don't know how to identify what may be the right solution for them when it comes to actually asking that question how successful was my event what are sort of the, the some some of the simple technological processes that people could could use now to answer that question well, first of all, I think you've got to understand the different persona types or the different user types for your event. You know, are do you have people that are really pretty much coming for content? Are people coming to discover new products? Are they coming to reconnect with existing uh, suppliers? And what does success like look like so in in each of those uh, in in each of those groups? Mm. Now, you can uh, you can then have measures for uh, lead capture, um, you know, engagement with session content, um, things like even time spent on show floor. If you've got um, the right kind of tracking products, you, you can uh, you can see who visited which stands, as in how much footfall different stands got, and they can be ranked uh, according to the level of engagement. So there's mm-hmm. lots of different ways you can kind of proxy for footfall, uh, engagement through leads, engagement through content capture, uh, you know, with maybe, uh, so NFC badging, uh, scanning to collect information or collecting from QR codes. All of these different elements um, allow you to build up a picture. Now, the the important thing is that um, you consider the, the basics of what you do with that data now um, you know part of that is CRM your all of your audience uh, should be in the CRM so that you can know who to market what to and you know of these segments of different usages of the event who you know who you marketing which features of your event to mm. to make sure that they attend the event but then bringing these data points into um, ideally the CRM but CRMs often charge per record so it, it may make sense to have a point of truth database where you can then see all these engagement touch points that you've captured at the event and from there you can you can then I, it, you can either run a, a scoring or de- uh, device performance metrics and mm. dashboards to track engagement over time. 
So one thing I don't want to sort of leave this till the end of the episode because it, it, it was it was something that I felt was going to play play quite an important role in the conversation, and it's the um, it's the iOS uh, update and the announcement that was made well quite a few weeks ago now about um, AirDrop and NameDrop and sharing contact information just by holding two sort of iOS devices over each other, um, and how that could effectively eliminate the need for some of the sort of the digital touch points that, that we become quite familiar with in events. And, and I suppose it, the, the, the avenue of conversation that I wanted to open up was that in recent years, we've started to, to utilize the technology that 99.9% .9 of people carry around in their pockets now. So we've seen Q and a, for example, in a conference theater, people use their, their mobile device, they access a digital Q and a platform without the need to have then a, a roving microphone going around the room, which helps in all manner of, uh, of aspects, upvoting of questions, for example. So we're utilizing that device that's in people's pockets already. This, this sort of update and uh, 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 that was announced recently, I'm just wondering whether or not it's actually going to not necessarily eliminate, but change how we, we look at certain processes on the show floor when we can continue to evolve the technology and the hardware that people are carrying around in their pockets anyway. Yeah, and I think you're never going to completely rule out people handing over business cards. But I think, um, you know, at at events, you know, at B2B events, we try we kind of operate within this walled garden of I'm bringing certain information which I'm using to register and I'm happy for that to be shared uh, with exhibitors. And then I've got the choice whether or not to, um, to follow up with them afterwards. If, if we're happy to give up other personal information via this kind of mechanism, then, you know, that's, that's up to us. We can, you know, we can write a phone number down. We can give people our personal emails. That's, that's all possible. But I think the, the idea of um, there being some kind of exchange of information, mm -hmm. the, the, the visitors that want uh, information about the products that they've seen and, you know, they, they want to get that, as easily as possible and without kind of being hassled too much from a from a sales perspective and the uh, exhibitors of course want good data on you know uh, some key things about that attendee which you know things like you know what is their seniority and role and and even sort of bant information about their, their, their you know their buying intentions which they're not going to have on their phone so um you know I think we've got to understand that type of environment and that other things will just add to the levels of engagement uh, yeah. and, and hopefully make that, that easier. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you know, under the banner now of Allenby advisory, which is allowing you no doubt to use the experiences that you've had at, at, uh, at working for organizers, then working for tech companies um, and then you know, helping organisers, no doubt, and and indeed other 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 tech providers now um, by drawing on some of that experience. Um, what I suppose what, what it might seem like a really obvious question to ask, but what are the sort of the common questions that you get asked by clients when you're speaking to them about how and what they should be looking at from a technology point of view? Because we take for granted sometimes that all event organisers will just be you know aware of what the latest te technological trends are out there and what's available to them as organizers but again i know from speaking to organizers who visit shows on show on the show floor at event tech live that they are genuinely like there to, to explore new possibilities what what are the sort of some of the, the obvious questions that you get asked well 
I think the um, organizers have a, have a couple of challenges is that very few uh, organizer businesses are, are big enough to employ a dedicated event technology specialist. And, and of course, mm. you know, the digital uh, teams become uh, specialists in event technology. They look at, they look at a lot of stuff, but maybe for teams that don't even have a dedicated digital person, they have a marketing team uh, going and looking for a new platform for a specific need can, can be difficult. You know, you've got to sit through a lot of demos um, maybe you're not quite clear on what the potential differences are between different platforms. Uh, and so to kind of benchmark across a particular type of platform is, is a big task. Mm. Um, so that's kind of, that's one aspect. Um, and, you know, in, in that regard, you know, the businesses like, like mine who have experience across the market can take it the other way around. And, and this is where I would advise uh, I advise organizers to go to try and kind of specify out what it is they want and put that spec to to a vendor and just it doesn't have to be uh, arduous it doesn't have to be a long thing it's just to keep aims and objectives and to get that initial response back on why they're better than the competition at, at doing that particular thing um so you, 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 sorry, I'm sorry to interject here. But you open up another question here, which I want to ask, which is what, what what's your opinion on the current state of tech pitches from tech companies? Because I've sat through loads. You no doubt have, have probably sat through them and also been responsible for delivering pitches and presentations, you know, and demos to potential clients. Um, I've seen the sort of the good and bad of it. Uh, I, I, where, where are we at the moment in terms of pitching technology to clients? Well, very glad you asked. So that's one of the things that Allenby Advisory can help uh, tech vendors with, because as you say, I've, um, you know, I've tried to take uh, technology products to internally to uh, event teams and understood that there's different stakeholders within those teams with different needs. And you've kind of got to make sure you, you tick all of those off. Um, I think it's easy to be very product focused. It's easy to be kind of um, inside out saying, oh, look, I can do all these things rather than taking it as what is what is the key need here for, for the client? And, you know, what difference does this product actually make to the to the thing that you're, you're bothered about? You know, mm. where, um, uh, because a, a capability that sounds like it would be a great experience for an attendee uh, you still got to put in terms of well, you know, what's the what's the return on that? What what additional value? You know, um, even if it's just the the increase in experience or the, the improvement of experience is going to uh, mean that people reach their goals more more easily and mm. and then retain you know they you increase retention. But you still got to you know you still got to use that terminology to to explain the product you know this is the thing that we're trying to move the dials on for you rather than you know my product is really good at, at this um you could use the examples of the of the of the meetings platforms in that you know the, the great meetings platforms are the ones that make meetings really easily and coming back to the last point using the tools you've already got my native calendar or my email uh as rather than always having to log into a platform i can kind of see yeah. Yeah. See where things are in on you know on the on the tools that I would ordinarily use. 
Mm. And again, that's, that's potentially a good bit of advice, isn't there, for for, for event organisers shopping around and looking for new technology? Is, is you know how how easy does it integrate with everyone's sort of day to day ecosystem? Because everybody, there's not an individual that I know that doesn't have their own sort of day to day ecosystem. You know, their their preferred calendar that they live out of, their preferred email app on their mobile device. You know, that their preferred, you know, uh, work sort of planning platform or messaging platform, whether that be something like asana or, or or slack whatever it is that they use to sort of manage their day-to-day workloads and and that integration with with what people use on a day-to-day basis and having the ability to to maybe integrate with a number of those different options is is probably critical i think when when you're considering a, a some any form of tech platform yeah and and i think a kind of um you know top tip kind of hack for uh smaller teams or any any team is is some of the the calendar marketing tools that are available that mean that you can set out a number of milestone tasks be that for the um speakers preparing exhibitors preparing and uh with one click they can save all of those uh those reminders to their own native calendar and that mm. saves a lot of chasing a lot of following up um you know and uh, and a lot of work and legwork on the side of the organizer yeah and the one that one that springs to mind there it's nothing to do with what well, it is sort of event related but not event related one that just seems to work for me is whenever i book accommodation for work or anything on booking.com as soon as i get an email confirmation my my devices sort of de- detect that I've made a booking, they see that email and then I instantly yeah. get some sort of notification on my calendar app on my iPhone saying, do you want to add this to your calendar with all the information of the hotel and everything, which I can yeah. then just hit a button and go straight into. And whilst it's not specifically event related, for me, that's a good example of how a tech platform has thought, how can it, you know, make people's lives a little bit easier by automating itself? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back very quickly because I, I scribbled something down while you were talking about um the pitch side of things and helping tech companies with how they pitch the clients um tech event tech suppliers and their websites i've been on loads uh over the last few years and i'm amazed still by how many event tech providers websites i go on and i have to scroll or sometimes go sort of two or three pages in before I actually get a simple, clear one paragraph explanation as to what that platform does. And I, I, I don't know whether or not it's just me that gets frustrated with it. If it's something that you've come across again, working with, with, with tech platforms in an advisory capacity is, is actually not just when it comes to pitching and demoing to a client, but actually their first point of contact, whether that be social media or a website is explaining very, very quickly in such a competitive marketplace as to what they actually do. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, um, uh, I'd seen the same. I did a social post after Confex, I think it was, about just trying to showcase some of the examples where you walk up to the stand and you immediately know what they do because they're visually, verbally, uh, and, you know, making it front and center, explaining not only what they do, but why that adds value. You know, what what, what is the why to to what they're doing? Um, Mm. So... uh, I think also, you know, something that I try and encourage uh, 
vendors to use and also organizers to use is is short video you know demo videos um product you know this 30 second to 60 second this is what it does and this is why it can help you um is a, i think a game changer if you make that easily accessible because it's um you know you you can then do without all the scrolling because you've got it there, especially if you're using screenshots. A lot of um, companies kind of lean on using stock photos of, you know, lovely people at events. But actually, the people coming to the website know what an event looks like. They want to know what your <laughs> platform looks like and, mm. and, you know, and why I immediately understand what that's for because it's got a great user interface. I think, you know, that's, um, that's, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, 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 and and I sp- and, and it, this might might be an awkward question, but I've I have asked it before. If a technology, and if an event technology can't be explained in sort of thirty seconds or in a you know paragraph or two of of words or a, you know thirty second demo video, does that mean that maybe the tech is not quite where it needs to be? That, that it might need rethinking a little bit if it, if it's so complicated that it can't be explained really easily. Yeah, I think. Um... Anything that's be, being sold standalone, I think there are other products which add value once you've kind of gone down a certain path, you know, uh, that can help enhance value and potentially more complex. Uh, but if 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 you're trying to sell off your own website, yeah, you need a 30 second pitch. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're rattling through time today on, on today's episode I've just had a quick glance glance down at the clock um, and I know that it's, it's usually a good conversation when I haven't looked at the clock at all and I look down and go oh crap tw- we're 29 minutes in already um, I, I, it's, it's, it's an awkward one but it, it, I've got I've got to ask sort of in terms of predictions and future you know the, the, for, for all the teenagers out there you know Mystic Meg uh, and all of that um, where are we at the moment and where are we stepping forward into in the next couple of years in terms of what what technology we are deploying and what are you seeing organizers come to you and say look this is really what we need in the next couple of years um i think um this idea of sensor data is going to be um is is, is going to be more uh prevalent you know I think there's a there's got to be a, an exchange of value. You know, if if I if I allow myself to be tracked, what do I get in return? You know, so whether it's being able to navigate better, whether it's actually getting uh, a list of everything that I visited on site or the people that I spoke to, um, being able to get more value because actually uh, there's a better record of what you've done or better re- uh, more information coming to you as a result. Uh, I think that's going to that's going to really uh, help. I think the AI content piece is is going to be a big game changer. I think mm. in terms of writing your schedule, uh, you know, marketing, writing emails, social, writing social posts. Now, uh, you know, AI tools can help you do all of this. And I think you know, you still need to hone it and sense check it currently. Uh, it still needs somebody who knows what they're talking about to know that it's good. Um, but it can definitely give you a, a really good start and and help you to deliver more as, a, as an event marketing professional. Yeah, and I saw a great post on LinkedIn. Uh, no, on Friday I had a, quick, uh, a look at it and it was a great post uh, that somebody put up about how they built, uh, you know, an event website using AI tools. 
you know, to, to create all that content and done something, you know, done all the SEO for them. So, you know, that that's a whole other discussion, isn't it? The AI and, and how AI and how that is going to impact on the events industry. And there's loads of stuff that's happened on LinkedIn. You know, if, if, if you go on any of the sort of the, the event tech groups or the event groups or the, the familiar names that, that crop up on, on, on LinkedIn, it's, it's worth having a look at, at that as a sort of totally separate discussion in its own right, isn't it? About how AI is going to influence events in the coming years. And, and I think the thing that, our, our expectations of AI, I think, are going to improve the usage of conversational in- interfaces. I think if you imagine your average show and people wondering where things are, or the exhibitors wondering why their lights don't work, or you know <laughs> when is such and such turning up, to actually have a conversational interface that can answer those questions and be a, you know a chatbot within a, a messaging platform, um, or an, you know or an actual uh, you know, speech to text to be able to just ask a tool and it say, okay, the um, the answer to that question, or we know that this is turning up then, or here's the right person to speak to. Uh, those things are, you know, we, we're expecting more of them. So I yeah. think the limitations of of chat previously are are going to erode away as as we expect the answers to be better. And I chuckle at the mention of, you know, why are my lights not working? Because usually that's the thing that if falls in my lap um, <laughs> in terms of show floor operations. Is somebody says, oh, I have no lights or I, I should have lights or I have no power. Or I have no, you know, all of those sort of operational questions that, that uh, you know, are, are critical. You're never going to get away from them, but they're quite time consuming on site. You know, you, you know, firefighting stuff on a show floor during a build and actually during a live event, you know, probably takes up a huge percentage of, of, of the show floor operations. And so any, any sort of tools that come to market that, that, that would help answer those, or even just, just usually it's a case of directing somebody to the appropriate help desk, sometimes behind That's the right. scenes. And, and so if, if, if AI can help just direct people that probably takes away, you know, 20 or 30 questions a day. Yeah. And, um, Again, you know, part part of the one of the themes I've been talking about is this sort of getting the basics right. And if if you know that there's potentially a small number of people dealing with a large number of problems, then you need to consider a, a ticketing platform. You need to consider making sure that you're directing queries in the right way. You know, we're very used to relying on WhatsApp groups, and I think there's a tipping point which actually works kind of for smaller teams where you can't just throw people at it to say, actually, have we, have we brought in everybody's queries and are we, are we assigning those to the right people? And, and AI more and more will be able to answer a lot of them anyway, you know, as a sort of first, um, as, as a first layer and, and then to help direct them. Mm, absolutely we've um we've had the pleasure on the podcast today of talking to aid allenby from allenby advisory just about scaling event tech some some advice some some I- information drawing on aids um history in the events industry both from a, an operational side of things working with with reed and then with tech companies as well um and it would only be fair to say that if you want to maybe find out a little bit more um about what aids doing in that capacity allenby hyphen advisory Dot com is AIDS website. And if you go there, one of the first things you'll see actually is a, is a, is a fantastic picture of you on the main stage at Event Tech Live um, with a microphone in your hand and, a, and, and one of our wireless <laughs> headsets on your head um, being part of one of our, our um, sessions last year. 
um, at Excel, uh, I think it is. Uh, that's um, right. The, I'm, uh, I'm the... going. I'm, I'm going for the brand of he. He, he talks about stuff, and and hopefully knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and presumably LinkedIn as well, uh, a platform that people can get you on if they're listening to this today and want to connect. That's right. Aid Allenby on LinkedIn, and uh, we've got an Allenby advisory page as well. So please Excellent. do connect with me on there. Excellent. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time today, Aid. Good good luck, you know, with in 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 sort of the continuous success of, of this this advisory role and the consultancy capacity that you're working in now, drawing on this experience. And and no doubt um, we'll see you uh, not just on the podcast again in future, but uh, I'm sure uh, uh, you know if event events you know, uh, uh, over the, the short, medium and long term, um, giving us some of that knowledge, um, like you did on that lovely picture at Event Tech Live. Um, indeed, indeed. Main, and I've got just, a, just a, a couple of parting thoughts. Um, one is start where you are, you know, look at your customers and what their, you know, immediate goals are and to inform your, your choices in, in what you're using and make sure that your data data flows are working, you know, how are you using CRM, how are you pulling data from these different tools, make sure that, that those are working for you and me, really informing how you can grow your event. Yeah, and if you want to continue the conversations along those lines directly with Aid, just get in touch using uh, using some of the platforms and 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 website etc. That, that that we've already mentioned. Um, and on the subject of websites, if you're listening to our podcast today via your chosen podcast platform, thanks very much for for tuning in and being a regular listener for subscribing to the podcast. Don't forget to also go to the eventindustrynews.com website so that you can check out the latest news, special features, supplements, all that good stuff that happens on Event Industry News. Dot com. Make sure that you're signed up for the uh, for the email newsletter if you're not already a subscriber to the eventindustrynews.com newsletter. And of course, the A to Z supplier directory that's on the Event Industry News website. If you're an event organizer, planner, and you're looking for a service, a supplier, a piece of technology, then there's a high probability that you will find it listed within the A to Z supplier directory on the eventindustrynews.com website. If you're already there today and you're watching a video version of this podcast, hello to you. Thanks for tuning in again. And don't forget that if you haven't already done so, you can go in the opposite direction and search for the Event Industry News podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to the audio versions of our podcast and listen to those while you're out and about commuting, enjoying a bit of sunshine, walking your dog as I will be later. Um, and uh, yeah, great way to, to tune in also to some of the archived episodes you know if you search by particular topics and subject matter uh within the event industry news podcast you'll find that there are all sorts of podcasts over the probably seven or eight years that we've been doing this now that um that tie into topics that we're talking about even up to today so um yeah thanks very much as always to everybody for tuning in and listening thanks again to my guest Ada allenby for joining the podcast today and uh, we'll see you all on the next edition of the event industry news podcast goodbye everybody mm -hmm.